Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Safs. And you're listening to The Last Stretch, a sports podcast. Back in the studio, Saps, how's your week been? What are you up to these days? It's been good. It's been good, obviously, working with the Canadian. Uh, so many, so many requests from Mel. It's so hard to manage all your interview requests. Oh, that's Mel, a lie. so popular. <laughs> <laughs> no, the week's been good. It's been good. Uh, obviously, uh, you guys played uh, the Furies this weekend, so that kept me busy. I was working at Simon's. Uh, always, always doing something. What about you, Mel? You know what? Same old week for me. Jim tan laundry just kidding (laughs) (laughs) no gto baby (laughs) no pretty much just going to the gym going to work going to practice rinse and repeat every week but it's good you know i'm having fun yeah and at least once a week we get to meet up and always have someone new in studio uh this week we obviously have the wonderful uh frederic rajat who is a canadian national rugby team player uh fred came in to talk to us about her training and uh you know what it means to be an elite athlete and and how important it is actually to grow uh rugby from the grassroots level so uh check out the interview we really liked it and uh we hope you enjoy it hi i'm frederic rajat uh i'm a national team member with the canadian women's senior rugby team uh currently an ex-athlete of Concordia Stingers. I uh, guess I could call myself an alumni now. Um, and that is it. <laughs> <laughs> you are an alumni. Welcome to the group, Fred. Woo! How does Made it feel it. to be an alumni? feels so special. I wear I mean, that badge of honor every day. The, de- the dust is already settling. <laughs> <laughs> How fun is real life? <laughs> it's so fun. I oh love God. it so much. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Fred, thank you so much for joining us in studio. We're so happy to have you here. Uh, I know when Mel and I started this podcast, you were one of the people who we want to have on either as a guest yeah. and or a co-host. So, <gasps> you know, this is one of the two. No pressure. Thank but just you so much you know. for having me. I'm like so honored. I've saw all the the previous episodes and I was like man I'm I can't top this but I'm gonna you're totally gonna <laughs> you're great don't even worry about it so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how you got into rugby because we've known each other for a couple of years and I know you used to play soccer in high school and then you made the switch so could you talk to me about that yeah so started off as a regular soccer player getting coached by my dad throughout my childhood um that was kind of my go-to sport so like from age five until i was what 16 that's when i kind of made that choice of, of pursuing rugby but uh yeah so i got introduced to rugby in high school i had two great coaches coach turner and coach chatty who had uh the program at my high school uh, I was brother Andre Catholic high school and um so I uh, heard on the PA system if you have any experience with running if you're good at <laughs> uh yeah if you're agile and good at running you know show up to 7 a.m tryouts like in the gym floor <laughs> um so I was like sure I'll do this you know like grade nine uh, just 
all excited this is in Ontario um (laughs) and so yeah showed up and I loved every bit of it I loved how it was intense it challenged me I had never really used my hands before in a sport so that was interesting um definitely a challenge there but I uh, I decided to quit soccer and then join my uh my club team in uh in Markham Ontario you're a pretty uh, aggressive soccer player, is what, from what I gather. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's I think that's what uh, kind of... I had trouble finding the net also in soccer. So um, I was a striker, and I was I was really good at carrying the ball up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a big, like, cross kicker, but never really, uh, like, I, had a tr- uh, I, I was going to say try score him. Wow. Couldn't uh, finish. <laughs> couldn't finish, you know? You needed the end zone. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and I love throwing elbows here and there. So <laughs> my dad, you know, my dad loved that. He was like, yeah, you know, but the yellow cards, the red cards kind they of accumulated. got much accumulated. Yeah. And then I didn't want to be known as just the girl who, who's a... How would you properly say this? Just um, a disturber on the field. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's why I was like, rugby's sweet. It's aggressive. It's challenging me in like physical and mental ways. And I uh, decided to take that on for good. Well, clearly it was a good choice because you're a super accomplished rugby athlete. Uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, your training. Uh, obviously, uh, rugby is a really physical sport. Um, could you walk us through what a typical day of training looks like for you? Yeah. So it's funny that like getting asked this question now, My I feel like my training regimen has changed a bit. Obviously, preparing for a tour it's always uh you always want to put like the best odds on your side so uh I try and train at least four times a week um sometimes five five usually would be like the last day would be like a recovery yoga day um but it's tough right because rugby can't be played in in this I guess season for for you sports athletes they just finish their season but with us that are just graduated we don't really have matches at our disposal which is a downfall and can be seen kind of as a negative thing compared to all other teams from Europe and such but so training pretty much entails like three times weightlifting like I I personally need to weightlift I think a bit more than others because I lose weight faster and I'm a winger and you know, I need to have muscle on me to kind of beat those those uh, stockier girls from from other teams. But um, so yeah, three times three times a week weight training. Wednesdays would be speed. So I've been doing speed with some of my fellow teammates uh, at the Concordia field. Um, and then we do I do some conditioning sessions. I like going on long runs, like just changing it up a bit um and then mondays we have skills uh for two hours so big training group there uh which you know we get our hands going we play some some sevens a bit and uh practice our footwork our contact skills because that's super important but yeah that's pretty much it busy schedule um so like i don't know much about rugby like the first time i really saw it was the past summer olympics and i was glued to my tv like i could not stop watching rugby seven like it's these ladies i don't know if you haven't watched it has to be like the most in shape i've ever seen because it's the physicality of it is everything they're the fastest sprinters they're the strongest women they're the most agile people like you have to be a really well-rounded athlete and 
you know, it makes sense why you're training on so many aspects of, you know, your physicality. Uh, who do you train with? Do you guys get together with the national team, with your club team? Um, and do you guys have personal trainers or is it really up to you to sort of uh, dictate what you need personally to improve your, your own game? Yeah, uh, great question. I mean, like for for some of us that have obviously universities at our disposal, uh, they train with, uh, with you know, their, their uh, personal like gym universities um but uh for me i've kind of tried to make that uh separation from concordia because i think that's important for me like mentally to take a step away uh so i've been i've been training actually at a few different gyms i train at my own little gym in my uh in my apartment building uh i train at b52 uh kind of solo just using the gym and i've actually just recently got in contact with for the past two months i've been training with uh jordan um who has g1 performance uh in westmount and so he's kind of had a nice impact on me um because he's also kind of a, a life coach in a way and so um i'm grateful to have him and so i think training wise it's a lot of like just decisions that you take on your own of what's best for you in my situation because i'm not affiliated with the university anymore but um yeah so skills wise we do have a really good montreal training group uh so a lot of girls that are either coming up from quebec rugby quebec sevens quebec 15s and so we all get together on that monday night and we're literally like almost 20 girls uh, both senior and juniors so we get to learn off each other give feedback to one another so it's a really cool vibe um and i think like we all appreciate just being part of it that's awesome it sounds mm-hmm. like a very like community feel um yeah. being sort of a, a smaller sport as far as volume and scale um, so when you guys get together, like, what does a practice look like for rugby being such a contact sport? I mean, it's when you don't play a sport, you don't really know what people's practice are. Like hockey, people often think we're just playing when we get on the ice. But a lot of times that's not it at all. So what can you take me through, like, what a practice would be like? And is there a lot of actual contact? And, you know, when you're trying to practice a hit or a takedown. I'm not sure what it's even called. Takedown. WWE. See, you should be a co-host. <laughs> um, yeah, what does that look like? Like, do you just fall out, tackle each other? Obviously, you know, you want to sort of bring in the game feel, but mm-hmm. you don't want to injure exactly. each other. Yeah, so that's exactly it. So a, a lot of our practices, we focus more on quality over quantity. And um, it's funny that you mentioned that because I think rugby's really changed over the years and the way that like people practice have also, uh, I think, really gotten better over the years because before it was like, it was really a barbaric sport, you know? Like people would just tackle each other constantly and people thought that was really you know the part of the game which obviously yes the contact area is very important um but the way that the techniques and the tackling techniques have changed that kind of brings another dimension to the practices so instead of like running each other to the ground and like getting injured from silly like you know neon head or charlie horses or sprained ankles or whatever we really focus on technique first so like the whole build up of 
going to ground instead of fully doing like okay we're going to ground let's go it's really a build-up so the technique that we use so like the footwork the uh the breaking down your steps the same shoulder same foot the squeeze if everything is kind of synchronized and that's good then we can progress so I think um our practices are always uh add footwork into the mix and uh, the tracking that we call it so like tracking your player and then and then making shoulder contact do they always entail going to ground no because I personally think that yeah especially leading up to an international tour you don't want to get uh, to get injured um but uh yeah so it's definitely less based on like full contact but I do agree that it's important to have so that you feel comfortable and you're not shocked when you get a huge <laughs> hit or you lay one like so yeah yeah well how, how was it the first time you got like smoked <laughs> Man, I fully, I fully remember this day, like, vividly in my mind. I'm so excited. Now that you say that. Like, so um, it was club rugby and I was playing, I was 16 years old, but I was playing with this senior woman and technically it wasn't allowed, but didn't tell anyone. (laughs) Till now. Yeah, till now. Um, And so it was Markham Irish and we were playing against the Aurora Barbarians, which were like our biggest biggest rivals and so I am delivering a pass to my opponent and we are like five meters away from the try line and Tyson Bookaboom I've told her in person about this like years (laughs) after because we are now teammates on the national team Uh, so she she is huge and she's probably one of the best tacklers in the world uh so she actually and I was very tiny back then like I I still am you're not that big (laughs) but I was like man I I weighed like 110 pounds like throughout high school I feel like so it was definitely easy for her to tackle me but um she she came in pretty high uh I would say she like got me like around the sternum area and um was it a it was a legal hit it was a very beautiful hit but I completely got winded out and I was wailing on the field like the sounds that were coming out of me (laughs) honestly though I've heard these sounds oh yeah incredible one of my teammates got rocked at practice and literally I was looking at her on the ground I was like wait what (laughs) yeah you're not sure what's going on like are they gonna it's like are they gonna puke like do they need an oxygen tank Honestly, at that moment, it was my first time getting winded, and my dad was videotaping this game. And I think that's why I remember it so vividly. Do you still have the footage? I probably do. Oh, like, I your dad them, follows yeah. me on Twitter, so I know what I'm doing after this. <laughs> and so, yeah, he was at that gate, so he witnessed me just being on the ground and just going through. Honestly, it was probably three minutes of me trying to catch my breath, trying to breathe it like oh through it. So, yeah. yeah, and then after that, but a positive thing. The pass I gave ended up, um, we ended up scoring off of it. That is a true so team player. Go. Holy. I think Tyson was very proud of her hit, but it's okay. The I end my result. Team, yep. team first. <laughs> yeah, team first. <laughs> Incredible. Exactly. I guess this would be just a good transition. Is there a lot of injuries in, in rugby? What would be a typical, or what's the most likely injury? I, I think concussions or like maybe knee injuries. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, a lot of people think concussions immediately because they think like, oh, it's a contact sport. Yes, I mean, concussions are, I wouldn't say they're part of this, the the uh, the sport, but um, they are, uh, you just kind of have to sometimes accept it. Obviously, when you know how to tackle, when you know all the right moves and how to protect yourself into contact and how to like brace the contact, then it makes it safer. But I would say I've witnessed so many knee injuries, like so many. And I've like lost track because I've witnessed my teams, like like my teammates just right in front of me. ACL, boom, right away. MCL, uh, like meniscus, whatever. I mean, it's such a... It's agile game. And then you add the potential to like have a contact. Obviously, it increases. Exactly. And And I think it's it's turf also. Like throughout university, we play on turf a lot, which brutally honest, like it absolutely sucks for rugby to play on turf. Obviously, we don't have that luxury of being in Europe and having these like crazy, beautiful grass fields to play on. But turf really plays a part in how we get injured like just obviously turf burns which are terrible and get infected and all that but uh yeah getting your you know I've got like my ankle sprained like crazy because I got stuck in the turf and then someone tackled me you know that could have happened on a on a grass field who knows but it's interesting if there's a just I don't know some data on that like it's right there's yeah. more give with the grass yeah <laughs> always data driven over here see that. <laughs> well it's like the soccer I remember the soccer girls uh because they, uh, I think it was for their World Cup, they had to play on turf, right? The Canadian, I think mm-hmm. this is the Canadian team, or mo- most of the teams that, that were mad about playing on turf because obviously in soccer you're sliding and everything. And I was like, it should be the same for rugby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a very like, different game. Like I played, I grew up playing soccer in the mm-hmm. summer um, and just the game's faster as far as soccer on turf too. Yeah. So it changes that aspect of the game too. Definitely. So we were talking obviously about your training. Um, I know when you were at Concordia, uh, there was one season that you actually took off and you went to British Columbia. Mm. And uh, that was to train with the national team. Uh, could you maybe tell us a little bit what the training, like what the differences are between the training at the university level, which is like one of the higher levels for, I think, rugby players, at least on the women's side. I don't know if there's much difference between men and women's, but at least on the women's side, playing at the university level is still like a pretty big deal. And then obviously there's the clubs, but then there's national team. Uh, could you maybe talk to us about that experience? And then what are some of the differences between the levels? Yeah, uh, so my experience with the, it was with the Sevens National, Sevens National team, and I was quite young when I got selected for that, and it was, it was after a Quebec, uh, it was a Quebec, actually a, a provincial tournament, and the uh, national, one of the national coaches was there and came up to me and was like, listen, like you look great on the field we'd like to have you move out to Victoria BC and as an 18 year old kid getting told that by a national team coach you're like yeah packing my bags come <laughs> on the plane bye yeah <laughs> see you later parents um but I had just accepted my offer to Concordia and uh so the coach was like listen where I we need to do some testing with you we need to see how you're in shape and whatnot and so we went to this my one of the local high schools in my uh in my hometown and um I ran a 1600 that day it was like super windy I had never ran a long well 
a long distance. <laughs> this is me saying it's a long distance because <laughs> it it's a short distance. But um, I had never run that before. But I so I did that and then I ran a 40 meter and I did some broad jumps and all those testings that were apparently the uh, the, 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 bar, the standard, the standard. testings. Yeah. Um, and so did those and then he called the his his the head coach uh on the phone and he said listen here are her scores we need to have her out and I heard this conversation he was right beside me and I was like oh my god oh my god <laughs> and so my parents were super adamant on me on them coming to that that testing day with me but I said like I have to do this by myself like I got That's a this. movie moment right there and I cle- like I remember just being like oh my gosh like you know, they want me to come out. This is my shot. Nah, nah, nah. And obviously I got brainwashed in that moment. I went home and then my parents were like, we should have came with you. Because obviously that kind of blurred my judgment of going to university. And I was just like, I don't see a point in going to school <laughs> if I can just be an athlete. And so my parents kind of talked sense into me. And I remember uh, deciding that I would t- t- try a semester at Concordia and then see if the offer still stood and also play my first season with the with the team and so I did that and um had a pretty good season we made it we actually yeah we made it to uh to nationals that year um we came in fourth in the country and so after that I remember in Halifax or it was in Nova Scotia at St. FX I made a pros and cons list with my parents to see if I was gonna stick to staying in school and then it was a very tight, tight uh, <laughs> score. But um, I decided to try it out because I said, like, list, like it's going to be a one-of-a-kind opportunity. I'm going to learn things. I'm going to grow. Nah, nah, nah. And so packed up my bags, went to Victoria. And at that time, I was going with one of my fellow teammates, Bianca Farella, who's still part of the uh, the Sevens program. And so we moved out there. So it was – at that time, it was the second year that – the program was uh, centralized. So it was fairly new and I think they had, they knew they had a lot to fix and a lot to learn from the previous year. Um, And so it was, it was 2012 that I moved there. Yeah, 2012, beginning of 2012. And so yeah, uh, it was kind of a shock when I first moved there because I didn't have a place to stay it's not like there was residences in place it was kind of like hey cool find your own ride to practice find your place find your and at first we didn't know where we were training so that was tough to find a place so not many details came into it and we didn't have a lot of help and a lot of girls felt the same way that that transition was really tough on them and I think like Talking about this later on in my life, I feel more confident about like being honest and like knowing that like a lot of girls felt that way too. I think not having that help coming out, like just moving out to BC really started everything on the wrong foot. Um, Yes, in itself, it was a great experience because I I grew up so much as an athlete and a, a person, but I was very young and having no help at all no kind of like transition period it was like really just right in the training Mm -hmm. mode so like to answer your question it was it was six days a week Sundays off um Saturdays usually was conditioning games full contact uh 
And it was from, you know, 8 a.m. So we would have breakfast provided 8 a.m. until, you know, we would get home. It was 5 p.m., 6 p.m. So it was a day full of speed, skills, and weights. And so for six days a week, um, yeah, it was kind of a shock and an overload at some some Mm -hmm. points. And I think I lost track of, like, the love of the game through it all because I... I struggled after a year and a half being there and I I didn't want to like at the end of it I didn't want to wake up and go to training I would just kind of pretend I was sick and I was like that's not me that's not who I am like I love being you know part of the team and and training but at the end of it um obviously it came with not being selected and being that the youngest girl centralized uh it was really hard and it was training towards the 2016 Olympics. So I had that in the back of my head. And then I, it, I, it dawned on me that they kind of already have their, their roster in place, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was kind of, uh, I felt like since I was a very good, um, like I, I scored very good in, in testing. Um, so I think they wanted to kind of keep me as like a rabbit for the girls, Mm -hmm. either on the 1600 or, um, but my skills weren't as developed as all the other girls. Right. And that's what we, what you need in a, in a, in a uh, person that's going to go to the Olympics. So, uh, I kind of realized that and it was just a big shock and, yeah, so obviously, I, fast forward, I made that choice of, of actually leaving the program. Um, a, a lot of people were like, oh, well, she probably got cut. And, you know, I don't I don't say, oh, no, you're actually wrong. Like, I just, uh, I think it's important for them to know that, like, I left because I was unhappy mm-hmm. with my own being. And I was not, I didn't have that kind of joy of life that I used to have. And my parents saw it. My boyfriend at the time saw it. My best friends were like, you know, I don't think this is healthy for you to be here. And so I, I made the decision. I actually met with the general manager of the uh, of Rugby Canada and told him up front um, all the issues I had with the program. Um, so obviously my selection was uh, a big part of it. Like not, not, sorry, not being selected was part of it for, for tournaments. But it was also how the program was was run. And, um, you know, we didn't, as players, we couldn't really speak out about issues. Like it would just, let's say we we, we could say it to ourselves, but they would never get resolved. Mm. Um, and I always like said, okay, it's just the second year of the program. Maybe things will get better. But then, you know, after staying a year and a half, I was like, no, this is, this is a problem. And a lot of girls have walked away since then. So I, I think... You know, it's a it's a courageous move, and I don't regret my decision of walking away. I think it was probably one of the best decisions I've made uh, in my career. But I also don't regret going in a sense. So because you know, at least you know how how it was, and and unfortunately, it didn't pan out the way at the time how you wanted it to. But like you said, that must have been a really tough decision because I think for any elite athlete, you want to stay and train with the national team yeah. and you know make it to the you know to the top level, but then stepping away like. I don't know how many people can actually do that. I can't imagine. I've, I've yeah. never been in that position before. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tough decision. Like, because I didn't want the biggest thing for me was I didn't want for people to see me as like, oh, she wasn't tough enough. 
because it sounds silly, right? Because, like, oh, you play rugby, obviously you're tough. But, like, a lot, I feel like a lot of my teammates judge me in the sense that, like, well, it's not made for everyone. But I'm like, it's, it's, that's not the point. It's mm-hmm. like something is wrong with the environment. And you don't, like, everyone's struggles yeah. are different. Like, when I went to ask for feedback with the coaches, I would just get absolutely shut down. And just asking just normal questions about my performance and where I stood on the team, I would I would get shut down and I would get like reprimanded for saying asking all those things. Yeah. So that left a huge sour taste. And I was like, if they don't respect me as a person, if they don't respect me as an athlete, I can't respect them as coaches. Mm-hmm. And so Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean I, I totally understand because I'm I'm also very big on feedback and like I just think of it as it's just like an efficient way of working Mm -hmm. like you could just run me through all these drills if you want but like if you don't give me like a a direct purpose or a goal to work to then it's we could be expediting this process (laughs) for sure and I don't know I think it's a very mature choice I mean it's a testament even though you were young like you you were able to realize that like you know I think for my game too you have to still love what you do Mm -hmm. like I honestly felt the same way after you know, after I graduated university, I, I came to Montreal for grad school and I had the opportunity to play with Nick Hennigan, but I didn't. I, I just, you know, after four years of playing two games, you know, a week and working out four times, you know, I was, I was just kind of burnt out. And, you know, I think when taking two years off, like I came back and I was just like, I appreciated the game more. I loved it again. And, you know, I think it's a testament to the maturity that your health, like your well-being is important to your physical performance and your mental performance as an athlete. So I, I think it's just a mature choice and I, I admire you. you for making that. Thanks. Yeah. And it's a it's a good point you make about um, having that that mental that mental game and see it as important as mm-hmm. your you know your physical game because what was not put in place at the sevens program at the time was a, a, a mental coach a, sorry like a like a, a sports psych- yeah sorry yeah. sports psychologist like we didn't have that in place and I was like I I need someone to talk to to give me advice to kind of guide me in the right path I'm so young I don't know if I'm like being just a big crybaby or like so yeah I think yeah no that I was mean lacking I don't know if there was any if there's anything in place well I know I'm so I'm not part of like the national team for hockey but obviously most like a lot of my friends are and I know they do have um psych a lot of psychology help and in that sense but again it's a program that's been a little bit more well established um obviously just historically I mean when we think of it as a sport like I didn't really know rugby existed until so I grew up in Ontario but I went to a very small high school and they they didn't have that but a lot of my friends that went to English schools um one of my best friends uh, Rebecca Smythe like started playing rugby transitioned from soccer and she was she was playing hockey with me too and she was like you would love this sport like (laughs) it's just like I didn't have access to it yeah like I don't even know if there was a club team where I where I grew up so yeah I don't know. I guess how do how does rugby become a more established sport? Like, where does it need to start? Like, you started at sixteen. Is that typical? Like, or can you start younger? Yeah. So you can definitely start younger. I mean, there's programs across Canada now uh, that have the little leagues, and it's flag rugby, and it's the cutest freaking thing ever. <laughs> um, 
But um, that was definitely not part like since I yeah, I got involved at 16 and I didn't even people were like asking me when I was growing up like, oh, who's your big like what who made you go into rugby? Like who do you idolize? Who do you look up to? And I was like, I have no idea what the this sport is. The 7 a.m. PA announcement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Gym floor. Like, <laughs> You're like, whoever that lady or man was, <laughs> that's, that's my hero. My, yeah. That's my hero. Yeah. So, like, yeah. To A lot of, you know, cocky growing up, people are like, yeah, Sydney Crosby, yeah, uh, this person, this person. But, like, I, I didn't have anyone that I necessarily looked up to because I, I wasn't exposed to the sport. There wasn't on TV. Um, so I was kind of going blank slate, like, what is this sport that probably no one plays, you know? Mm -hmm. And I did, I started doing my research and I was like, okay, wow, there's a club in my home, you know, in my hometown. There's a bunch of clubs across Ontario. And at that time, like still rugby Ontario was a very well-established provincial union. Um, and so they're yeah they really had all their kind of cards right when it came to the provincial teams because there was a u18 program in place a u actually u16 u18 uh senior team both for women's and men's so that was encouraging because it, it, it meant that i i could go somewhere and i could uh amp up my level of play um but I actually, I don't remember there being like a little league or anything like that. When I did come and I transitioned clubs from, uh, well, actually I did, I played VLOX back in Victoria. Um, and they had, I saw that like, obviously Victoria's an island. It's way like tinier than in Ontario. But like, it's, it was a lot, it was very centered around rugby and maybe I'm biased because I was in that kind of rugby world at the time but it really felt like kids were starting young and like elementary school programs and people were talking about it and watching it on TV and obviously it helped having the central the teams centralized in Victoria mm -hmm. cuz that got the talk up but um also, Saint-Anne de Bellevue, the, my current rugby club, shout out to them. Um, they have a, a little leagues started, uh, the Saints. And, you know, it's always great to see them play. And it attracts a lot of, a lot of uh, young kids now. So I think that's a step in the right direction. I think it's really interesting because you talk about how people would ask you who's your role model. And you're like, well... <laughs> the 7 a.m. PA announcer. <laughs> Shout out to Marge. I'm going to call this person Marge. <laughs> that is, yeah, probably Marge. Marge. But um, I think it's interesting because um, about a year ago, I was curious about like the growth of rugby uh, in Canada. And obviously, that's when uh, there was the Women's uh, World Cup for Rugby 15s, and you were there. Um, and at the time, I was doing an internship at the Gazette. So I was like, okay, this is like the perfect occasion. I was like, not much of a news person. And I'm like way more into sports. Let's do this. Yeah. And we got to talking and, I, and that's when I discovered um, 
it is growing at the grassroots mm-hmm. level and there are kids i spoke to kids i spoke to an eight-year-old which wasn't a productive <laughs> conversation nonetheless this kid she, loved yeah. your uh your teammate alex tessier mm-hmm. she loved alex tessier and there was another girl as well uh, a 13 year old who i spoke to and she was super passionate about rugby and they look up Megan, to Megan, Megan Allah. Yeah. Shout out to Shout Megan, Megan. Allah. Yeah. Still, she's she's part of her training group on there Mondays. There you go. You see the next generation. I want to come to this Monday group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the snow's starting. So yeah, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> but, you know, I think a lot of these girls idolize you. I mean, I remember you mentioned that there was someone who came up to you. Like, I can't remember. I don't I don't know. If she, I can't remember her name. But she came up to you and you, you told me, like, she said that you were her idol. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was actually it's one I actually heard it, I think, from um, from someone else at the time. But I was like blown away because it's crazy to think that, you know, I did I did start like pretty old, like older than than most people when they start kind of specializing in a, in a sport. Um but yeah, uh, it was mind blowing, and also like leading up to the World Cup, that was that was huge for me, and it kind of gave me like, okay, like I'm ready for this, like I deserve my spot on this team, like someone idolizes me, woohoo, like I made it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, it's definitely a good feeling, and yeah, um, yeah like Megan at all, uh, you were saying like this was what like two some two summers ago yeah. now um but she she that girl is so dedicated and like took rugby on like full throttle and she's showing up to skill sessions she she's so funny because she speaks up in drills and gives feedback and when our coach asks like what went wrong there or what went good she always has something <laughs> to say and i'm like this girl's going to be a star one day. Yeah. So like, yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, we you talk about also like how you started at an older age. And I mean, I think it needless to say, I think everyone knows athlete or not, like the younger you start something, the better you get at it. And now that's going to be interesting to see with the future generation of like rugby stars, what's that's right. What, what's going to happen with them and how that's going to differ with your cohort. Um, I wanted to ask you, so obviously I think a lot of rugby players, because from, I guess, like your generation, they started later, they'll start in like late high school, but a lot of them were playing sports before. How important is it to have those transferable skills? Because I've talked to a number of rugby players. You played soccer. Alex Tessier played uh, basketball. Um, This other guy at Concordia, blanking on his name. I profiled him. I'm so sorry. Julien Cantin, (laughs) soccer. You remember. There you go. (laughs) Somebody reads my articles. (laughs) So good. But Cantin, he also played soccer and then he went over to rugby. So Mm -hmm. I just find it so interesting because I don't find you see that in so many other sports. You just kind of stick with the sport or you switch maybe. But it's interesting. Yeah. I'm a huge believer in trying a bunch of sports as a kid like if you start specializing a kid I I might like push some people's buttons because I know in Canada like a lot of people want you know their kids to play hockey and they just you know they want them to be hockey stars and whatever but I think it's so important for to get that stimulus of other sports you learn so much so much not only just skills based and like physical abilities but just leadership and cultures and different sport cultures and Mm -hmm. that's so important to the developing 
mind, I find, and it can give so much in the present and in the future. And so, yeah, you're saying that about like about rugby and a lot of, yeah, our generation, we started, let's say, 16. We had played a sport. We had played a lot of uh, different sports. Um, what's happening nowadays, I find, is especially looking at the se- the sevens program, um, after like 2013 when I left the program there was girls getting recruited at 16 that weren't done high school so they were getting imagine that they're getting recruited at 16 they're having to either move or if they were local they would go to high school you know they'd go to high school during the day come train whatever like I I don't think that's the best way obviously if you want to become a national team member and you see a potential to kind of grow in that in that uh, environment, then obviously you want to put all the, you know, the eggs in your basket. But uh, yeah, it's starting younger and younger. Yes, it's a good thing because mm-hmm. you want the grassroots to grow. But yeah. when the, the kids start, you know, saying, I'm a rugby player, that's all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to train for. Yeah, it, it's... I don't know. I think, I mean, bottom line is like you, you could start playing a sport young, but it's just, it should just still be fun. It, yeah. Exactly. It should it's just true. always remain yeah. being fun. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I find like, you know, people are just taking it a little too serious, too young. And yeah. it, it was just not the way I, I went about it. And, you know, maybe it's a testament to just my parents or just like that we didn't really know. Like, I didn't know you could get scholarships for right. sports. You know, I didn't know that. I was just like going yeah. to practice and I was like, this is fun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's just keeping important that like a sport should just always at the at the base. You should be mm-hmm. having fun, oh, especially yeah. at a young age, because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You might get injured, you know, mm-hmm. you you know, you just never know. So you, you want to be a good, well-rounded person yeah. and, you know, having the you know, gaining other skills and not just focusing on a sport can really contribute to, you know, I don't know, who you are and how you respond to certain situations in regard to your own sport. Yeah. So I think it's just important, like, uh, keeping that in mind. I just yeah. have, like, a sidebar question because you keep saying, like, rugby sevens and fifteens. Is, is it very different as far as playing it? I mean, watching it, obviously, it looks very different. Yeah. As a player, is it is it transferable or is, like – if you specialize in one, it's kind of hard to go to the other. So sevens is fairly new, and it was uh, a um, demonstrated at the Olympics in 2016. Um, but the thing is, yeah, so I, I would say that 15s is kind of like the mother of the sport. So um, that was kind of the, the first game that was introduced. And then after that came a variation, which was sevens. So there's it's called fifteens and sevens because there's fifteen people on the field and seven people. Very different in the sense that sevens is a fourteen minute game and fifteens is eighty minutes. So you can see that sevens is completely based on uh, cardio, on speed, on agility, on footwork, on power. yeah, it's kind of very concentrated like that. 15s is more, obviously, there's so many more people on the field. There's people that are more specialized in their positions, right? Because there's there's 15 positions and sevens, you're kind of alternating. You're kind of, you know, you're, 
touching you're being everywhere on the field you're touching every kind of position um so yeah in that sense it's very different but uh 15s a lot of girls that play 15s have played sevens a lot of girls that have played sevens have played 15s everyone mostly started playing 15s um but yeah with quebec um with quebec there's a sevens program in place so in the winter time we usually transition practice more sevens based skills uh because there's a bunch of exciting tournaments too with uh with quebec sevens but yeah very different which one do you prefer oh that's the tough question (laughs) (laughs) um honestly i think my fitness is probably one of my my strengths and my speed also so if i'm just looking at that i would say like i'm definitely uh, I wouldn't say definitely, but I'm I'm more of a sevens player in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of room to work with, so it gets a lot of fun, a lot of like trickier when it comes to chasing down people and tackling them. Uh, I'm a winger in 15, so I'm kind of the one that's supposed to finish and the one that's on the the either far right or left, and I'm I'm just the one gunning it and. Um, so I, yeah, it's a different specialization I find. That's so cool. I, Mm -hmm. when I was looking up, uh, the rugby Canada schedule and I realized, and I forgot this because I knew this at some point, I'm like rugby sevens, they play like three games or two games a day. (laughs) That's insane. Up to four, honestly. Uh, That's insane. Like you have to have such good endurance and like you said, cardio and you have to be able to recover Uh so fast. It's, yeah, it's crazy. And usually, like, I mean, I've, with Quebec, we do a lot of the uh, New York Sevens and the Las Vegas Sevens Invitational Tournaments. Uh, We made it to the finals last year in in Vegas, and we played in the big state, Sam Boyd Stadium, which was awesome. Um, But, uh, yeah, quick turnaround. But, like, we practice. So the way we practice for Sevens, we tend to practice like we're in a tournament setting. So we'll go hard for like a good like plus 14 minutes mm-hmm. and then we'll like sit out a bit and then get going again. So, uh, yeah, super fun, though. That's pretty interesting that the the training as well, that it that changes. It makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, and I know that rugby is a pretty positional sport, too. Like every player has a specific role on the field and you could probably ask me what position you play and I'll still manage to call you like a fullback or something. Um, <laughs> I play fullbacks. <laughs> Correct. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> um, can you maybe talk to us a little bit about how the training differs from position to position? Mm-hmm. Um, well, what's great about rugby is that it's a very inclusive sport. Like if you're a bigger, shorter girl, there's a position for you. If you're a tall, slender, any body types, it's like, yeah, we need you. Yeah, you're going to have a position on the field, which I think that's what really inspired me um, and really motivated me to continue playing rugby because I saw how amazing it was in that sense. So um, position-wise, obviously, there's forwards and backs. So the forwards are the ones that do... um, they are more involved in the contact area. So uh, I don't know. It's There's scrums that are involved, and these forwards are the ones um, kind of battling for the ball. So the front row, the ones that are kind of like head, their heads are interlocked, yeah. 
are the bigger ones on the field. So they're very explosive. You know, their zero to 10 is going to be probably better than mine, you know. Um, and then there's back rows. So the, they're, you know, still big people. Um, definitely still have to be agile. Uh, and it's interesting because, yeah, like I'm thinking there's like the nine who's the scrum half is usually one of the shortest on the field, the tiniest, but really like quick and like dirty and and whatnot. And then the the backs uh, kind of goes it co- goes from 10 to 15 um, more decision makers, you know, mm-hmm. so 10 is the the playmaker calls the plays. And then you have your two centers that are going to be um probably the best tacklers on the field uh open field and um the definitely great hands as well and then you have your speedsters on the wing and then the ones that have the better hands and then the fullback that's kind of guarding back there so yeah i'm gonna listen to this segment of the podcast when uh i'm watching rugby (laughs) no i visually saw me too i was like oh like all the times i've gone to watch and i have no idea what's happening now it's starting to click like three years later yeah (laughs) then you could like look at someone on the street and be like ah yeah she's definitely a number two yeah exactly yeah yeah. that's gonna be my new icebreaker hey you'd be a great center because of your body (laughs) so next next time someone said she's a 10 it's not because i'm hot (laughs) i got the that's so that's amazing well fred we gotta wrap this up so before we leave um we wanted to talk to you about this tournament that's coming up in november um uh it's a rugby 15s tournament if i'm not mistaken uh can you tell us more about it yeah so right now the long list has been announced so it's the top 41 in the country um we are playing it is um it is a fall november fall november tour so it's an international tour um right now we are going to be traveling november 11th to the 28th so quite a long time um uh and in that time we're playing uh four matches so it's going to be ranging we're going to start november 18th is our first game against england um that's going to be definitely a a wake-up call and kind of it's going to be definitely a good match for sure. Um, and then after that, we I believe we're going to Cardiff. And we end the tour in Scotland. Um, and we're playing, uh, yeah, we're playing Scotland um, women's team. So it's definitely, it's going to be a great, uh, it's going to be a great tour. Uh, a lot of young girls that are kind of stepping up because a lot of girls have retired from the past World Cup. Um, I'm excited to finally like just get going and have some games in us, especially when we know that other teams or other uh, squads have been training like crazy. And most of them, you know, uh, if I'm thinking of France and and England in this have professional contracts, so they're they're paid to train. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see if there's a gap and if we can close that gap mm-hmm. when we're there. Um but definitely going to be a good time. It should be streamed online. So perfect. That was my next yeah, question. My next question. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's probably going to be streamed um, either. Also, to get all the information, I think obviously Rugby Canada is a great website, but Scrum Queens uh, has all the info about all international women's rugby information. And American Rugby News is also a great source. Um, 
also, I don't know if you guys know this, but we are uh, demonstrating a little sevens game at the Alouettes on Sunday at halftime. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sad because I'm going to be in Toronto playing, but... People need to go. That's literally the only reason I would go to an Al's game ever. Yes. (laughs) And so it's going to be a seven-minute game for for us ladies and a seven-minute game for the uh, men's Quebec side. I'm so excited. So honestly, best quality rugby. It's going to be pretty fun showcasing it in a a good crowd, a good atmosphere. So... I mean, get your tickets. Yeah, I was say. I mean, with anything like, especially like a women's sport or rugby, just as a sport, is you know underrated and mm-hmm. you know underserved. So, you know, anytime you guys can get exposure, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, exposure. I'm definitely gonna try and sure. watch the live stream. Everyone should. <laughs> I mean, with anything, if I would have saw rugby like at a younger age, I'd probably be like, I, I feel like I you love an definitely aggressive sport. Yeah. <laughs> it's never too late. I'm oh, like, I've hint, told hint, so hint. many people to join and they have and they're not going back and they don't regret it. And yeah, it's All right. I still want you to teach me Monday. You come to St. Anne. I still want you to yeah. teach me. Of course. <laughs> we can make a time. video and how embarrassing it's going to be. We actually warm up a with a podcast them. video. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'll be nice. We always talked about that. Next podcast level. Podcast video. Well, Fred, thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy you came in. This was a great conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. You girls are awesome, and it feels like home talking to you guys. So, I, yeah, I wish we could keep going. Yeah, I know, me is, too. I could do this all night. This well, is who great. knows? Maybe, maybe we'll be three next <gasps> oh, time you hear us. Shoot, oh, maybe not. I don't want to make too many promises. <laughs> all the jokes, <laughs> all the jokes. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Hi, I'm Tefra Jemian, one of the hosts of Yeah a podcast on the Upford Network. We're talking about young adult literature, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what the YA genre can teach us at any age. Join me and my co-host, Hannah Bailey, as we talk about friendships, dating, family relationships, sexuality, experiences of queerness, body politics, and more through the lens of our favorite YA novels, as well as books we're just discovering. The Yeah! Podcast, available through the Upford Network and on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Hi, I'm Candace Pye, and I'm the host of Gal Chat, a weekly podcast where we give you our feminist takes on everything from sex and dating to politics and pop culture. It's a show that updates you on controversial headlines, dives into the latest movies and TV, and discusses things like Tinder troubles and Me Too struggles. I put out a new show every Tuesday with special guests, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Subscribe, rate, review, and follow us on social media at GalChatPod. Thanks for listening. If you liked the show, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at Sass underscore on the go, at Mel the Rock, and at Last Stretch Pod. Our theme music is by James Blonde. You can find their music at jamesblonde.ca. This show is produced and edited by Tom Zalatni for the Up for Network. Find out about all our great shows at upfornetwork.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.